Greetings in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to you, my dearly beloved brothers and sisters. Did you note what I did there? Greetings in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I encourage you young people, when you read them, three names together of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. What does the word Lord mean? Master. Is that what I'm hearing? You must speak up a little bit. I'm sorry. My hearing is so deficient. <laughs> what does the name Jesus mean? Son. Salvation. Redeemer. Savior. That's right. What does the name Christ mean? Messiah or anointed one. Lord Jesus Christ. Lord means master. Uh, uh, do as I, I do, we do as he says. Jesus is Savior, Redeemer. Messiah. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, you got my problem. <laughs> and what does the name Christ mean? Anointed one. Yes, the anointed one. What I was salting your desire and understanding yesterday, and it, I know it was incomplete on uh, David, was that David had crowned God as Lord of his life. He was, his family situation was less than perfect. His, uh, he was actually the least of the sons of Jesse doing the least of his father's work. All his older brothers were, had more important work to do. But he was the least of the least, you might say. But God seen his heart. And there was a time somewhere in David's life. I don't know when it was. Not exactly sure when it happened, but I know it happened where David made a choice, a decision. And here's how I know. Now, you can see what I'm supposed to cover up there, media and music, but there's no way I can do both. I'm sorry. I'm going to try and get the music, okay? But I'm going to move quickly. How do I know that there came a time in David's life that he crowned him Lord of his life? It's very easy. Just you catch it in his Psalms. Psalm 16, verse 8, David says these words, and we'll get to you reading some scriptures, but not yet. I will bless the Lord who hath given me counsel. My reins also instruct me in the night seasons. In the night seasons, David is communicating with God. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand and I shall not be moved. Verse 9, therefore my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh shall also rest in hope. Brothers and sisters, David, somewhere along the line, made a choice to put his hand in God's hand. He put his hand in. I will always set the Lord at my right hand. I will not be shaken. I will not be moved. Now catch me on this, young people. I hear it all the time. Lord, bless me today as I go through my day. Lord, today I'm going here. Bless me 
as I go. That almost sounds to me like <laughs> you're the Lord and you want him as power for your program, a power for where you're going. <clears throat> I got another one that troubles me. He's there for me. Well, he is there for you. He is there for you. But when you crown him Lord of your life and you do what he says, you know what? Then you are there for him to do a work through you, which is right. Huh? The second. The second. Ha -ha. Look at that, young people. David crowned God Lord of all. And he said, Lord, I put my hand in your hand. You just guide me. Whatever you have for me, lead me into the paths of everlasting. Big difference there, young people. Big difference. Now, just listen carefully. I don't know when this happened in David's life for sure. But I suggest to you, it happened a good long while before we come to the place where he was anointed at the sacrifice there when Samuel came to his house, the house of Jesse. Just picture with me, David out there with the sheep, the least of the sons of Jesse. God is no respecter of person. He has no partiality. You set your heart right as David did. Watch what God will do. Watch what God will do. David's out there in the night seasons all by himself. Maybe he's 10 to 12 years of age. And there he is sitting on a rock. I like to paint pictures. And he's sitting there. His father's sheep are gathering around. And it's getting night time. The sun is going down. And the heavens are becoming beautifully clear. And the heavens declare the glory of God without voice or without language. And David's sitting there, God. And he's meditating. Things maybe that he heard uh, in the tabernacle being preached by the Levites. And uh, maybe something he read in the Torah, the first five books of Moses. How God was faithful to Enoch. And, and how God was faithful to Noah. And Methuselah, longest man that lived on earth ever, 969 years, the grace of God, waiting for people to repent, and they would not. And on I could go. He read, and he read, and his heart went deep, and he didn't have anywhere near what you have to read, amen? You're without excuse. Your heart not to go deep with God. And his heart went deep with God. And then as the night gets a little darker, he's thinking about maybe there's a wolf or an enemy going to come. And he picks up his slingshot. He's a boy. Not even a youth yet. And his heart is, he takes that slingshot and he goes around and he slings that stone, being prepared to serve his father. Protect his sheep. And he misses. Of course he misses the first time. But he doesn't give up. He keeps praising God, worshiping God, and he, he gets better, and he gets better. And after a while, he picks up his harp, and he sits there, and he picks that harp. He starts plucking those strings, and 
just out of the abundance of his heart, a love for God. His heart begins to express itself in beautiful psalms that he writes. Ninety of them, right? David's heart goes deep with his God. And he begins to express his heart with what? Music. Ah, music. Yeah. And his heart. But we're not ready for the music yet. What I wondered with that little scene is I suggest to you that happened in David's experience about when he was maybe, I don't know, 12, 13, 14, 15. We know he's 17 after a bit, 17 to 18. But a good long while before that, David Listen to what God taught him. Psalm 71. Let's go there real quickly. This one I want someone to read. Psalm 71. Let us drop in. I have on the board 17 through 18, but I want, let's get verse 15, 16, 17, 18, and let's let it go with that. Who will read? Quickly. Thank you, sister. Right back here. I seen your hand first. Yeah. 16, 17, and 18. I think that's what I said, not whatever I said. <laughs> Sorry. My mouth will share forth thy righteousness, and my salvation for I hear not the numbers thereof. I will go in the strength of the Lord God. I will make mention of thy righteousness, even of thine enemy. O God, thou hast taught me from my youth. Thank you, sister. God bless you. Listen carefully. Here David gives us a glimpse of what God taught him as a youth. This prayer that we just read, he prayed when he was older. Listen carefully. Here's what God taught David, it's a, I'll get to that in a moment. It's for this very reason that God could speak this testimony over David's life as a youth. We looked at this verse. I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. I suggest to you a good long while before this, as a youth, before he was anointed, that's what David did. He got some stones and this is what Brother Vince was talking about. If he was an artist, well, there's his, there's his artist. He just walked out. He missed it. <laughs> there it is. Maybe David, I don't know if David got some stones and put an altar up and presented his, his body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto the Lord, which is only a reason. I don't know, but in his heart, I know he did. I know he did. Because God could teach him. And God began to do a work in his life. For this very reason, this is why God, he was surrendered. He was unconditionally surrendered to his God. I guarantee you that. That's why God could speak this. I found David, the man after, a man after my own heart, which will do how much of his will? All of his will. How much of David's will is left then? None. You got it. This is where we're going, brothers and sisters. 
And this is where the administration of this Bible school wants to go. They want to get you on that altar. And I do too. I'm with them. You may be there. You may not be there. Now let's look at what God taught David. God taught David from his youth. Number one, knowing God and walking with my Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, it's about me, but it's not all about you. God has another work he wants to do, a bigger yes he wants to accomplish. Knowing God is all about being a channel for God to show his strength. David says, I will show your strength to my generation. I'll show my, your power. I'll show your righteousness. I'll show your holiness. I'll show the world how great a God and how holy a God and how pure a God you are. That's what he says. He says, now also when I am old, I will declare thy wondrous works, thy goodness, thy grace, thy mercy, thy love. Now also when I'm old and gray-headed like me, your preacher, oh God, forsake me not. Amen, Lord, don't forsake me until I have showed thy strength unto this generation. But what else does he say? Look at your Bibles. There's something he says at the end of verse 18. Yeah, power, but the end of verse 18. To this generation and what? Uh, every generation to come. How will every generation to come see God's powering that God used David as a channel? This generation. How? There's only one way. Study his life. There's only one way. It's in the Bible. Study his life so we can see David is a beautiful picture of a man unconditionally surrendered to God to show God's strength and God's power. God does not save you, brothers and sisters, to just sit around and wait to go to heaven. God does not save you into his savings account to just take you right off to heaven. If that's what he had in mind when you get saved, hallelujah, <laughs> he'd take you on home. But he left you here. What for? What for? To show his strength, to, to show his glory, to show his grace, to show his goodness, to show his holiness. God has a work for you. Now, let me say something about point number three here, young people. I have caught the heartbeat of your elders, and it's my heartbeat too. You have no idea what you have here. You have no idea. The beautiful church your faith and practice it's beautiful i love it and i'm a strong promoter of it don't lose out keep the faith keep the practice you see that's the witness that god wants to use travel with me to india to asia to nepal this is what makes mtm what it is all the way invitations coming into my inbox continually come and teach us from the word of God your faith and your practice your faith and your practice works it's biblical and likewise with you as my dear GB brothers and sisters they want it they say we have never seen anything like this where have you been why didn't we see or hear of you Long time ago, where in the world have you been? I thought, what? 
Well, maybe that is where we were. That we had not given them an example before. Young people, keep it. Keep it. I want to encourage you. I believe in it. It's right. This is what makes MTM what it is. But there's more. Preserve it. But God also wants you to propagate it. Propagate it. You want to mean by propagate? Preserve means keep what you have. What does propagate mean? Go out with it and show God's health. Go show God's strength and God's power and God's grace and God's holiness. Don't just keep it to yourself, but do keep it, but propagate it. That's what MTM is all about. The world is waiting for us as conservative Anabaptists to come and disciple them with our lives and our teaching. I, we have so many invitations, young people. We cannot even begin to fulfill it. We need help. We need help. Propagate it. That's what David is saying. God saves you with a purpose to do a work for him here on earth. David understood this. Do I? David understood this. Do I? Do you? Yes, a work that is by him, through him, and for him, Romans eleven thirty six 36 says. A work for his own honor and glory in building his kingdom here on earth. God's kingdom come from heaven to earth. That's what David's seen. This is the bigger yes. The first yes is to get on that altar and surrender. Surrender. We'll talk more about that in a moment. And number six, and I want to testify, and you, if you say yes to propagate the faith and the practice. Yes, you can call it missions. You can call it evangelism. You can call it whatever you want. But David understood it. There is a bigger yes. The first yes is, and that's a big one, to get on that altar and fully surrender. But then there's a bigger one to propagate, to show the world God's strength, God's power. God's power. What power is this? It's Holy Ghost power. It's the Spirit of Jesus Christ's power. Okay? And you get the joy and the privilege. I need to move on. Okay? Got it? So, now let's open our Bibles. Well, we have them open already, but let's go to... Just continue with David. David, in 1 Samuel chapter 16, I want you to get the setting here. Here, David, Saul has rejected the Lord and the Lord has rejected him. And then God speaks to the prophet Samuel. And he says to Samuel in verse 1, follow me in your scriptures, please. And the Lord said unto the Wilt thou mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Samuel, fill thine horn with oil, that would be with holy anointing oil, and go, I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. Brothers and sisters, God not only spoke over David's life, I have found me a man after mine own heart that will do all of my will. Here God speaks again 
over David's heart. He's speaking it to Samuel. I have provided me a king among his sons. Now, we already heard yesterday that David is the least of the least. I repeated that this morning. David does not come from a kingly family. David does not come from a highly educated family. David does not come from a wealthy family. David just comes from an ordinarily lowly, humble German Baptist family. Oh, was that okay? I hope so. That's who I'm talking to. You got it! But God, tells David, Saul speaks of David, I have provided for me a king among my sons. Brothers and sisters, I'm going to park here a little bit. When God finds a man whose heart is after his heart in an unconditional surrender, with an open heaven over his life, a heart that has no skeletons of sin hanging in the closet, unconfessed. A heart that is pure. A heart that is surrendered. A heart that is yielded. A heart that has all vices, bondages. surrendered, sin, no vices, no addictions, I mean, many addictions. When that heart is surrendered and yielded, God knows, he sees it, and he begins to work in that heart. And all of a sudden, eternal realities and eternal purposes of God will begin to beat in your heart. Young people, I heard, I caught the heartbeat of your leaders, and it's my heartbeat too. You have an excellent opportunity here, young people, to get thoroughly right with God. Get thoroughly, don't let it pass you by. In my own life, I found it that way. The eternal realities, that God, the work that God had for Naomi and I did not come into reality. I couldn't see it. Until I got at that altar and I gave the farm, the cows, the equipment, all my sports. I had an immense vice of sports. It was called snowmobiles. There's only one. I don't need to go there. Gave it all up. Only and gave my children, my wife. I surrendered. Yes, I had been fighting with God for a while, like, it, like Jacob. In the all night long, fighting, wrestling. I don't want to give up. I want the blessing, but I don't want to give up. Jacob eventually, as the morning broke. My name is Jacob. I'm not who I... Have you confessed your name? Who you are? Those things that you have, that you're hanging on to? Don't miss the opportunity, young people. Those prayer groups, the season that's coming, don't miss it. You're missing so much. Get that heart right. The eternal purposes and realities of what God has for you will not come into play. Whatever it is, your future in God's kingdom, a work for him. 
whether it's marriage, it won't be clear, it won't make sense to you what God may be doing until you get your heart right. Get it on that altar. I challenge you, young people. I've seen this over and over again in young people's lives. As I pastor and as I go to these different countries, I, I'm doing the same thing here I do when we go to Nepal and Indian, wherever we go, Minnesota, wherever. Same thing. When those young people come up off of the, uh, their faces, with tears streaming down their face in an unconditional surrender, everything, sin, vices, addictions, porn, mobiles, I don't need to go there. You know what it is. Not until they get their heart clear and get an open heaven. And all of a sudden, that brass heaven is gone. And heaven opens up. And all of a sudden, there's a joy. And they're clear. They're free. Hallelujah. Then and only then will the eternal realities come into play. Don't let it slip through your fingers, young people. I hope you can see. Even if you don't know anything, it doesn't hurt to just get on your face again and surrender. God, here am I. I give you my all. I do it many times. I give the Lord my ministry. I give him my wife, my children, my family. Just give it all over again. Give it to him. That he knows that my heart is for him. Heart after him. Yes, a full surrender to where God has you, where he wants you right now. Simply sold out. Sold out to Jesus Christ. Surrendered all. Are we there yet? Are we there yet, young people? Because what David just prayed and what we just looked like, what we just seen right here, will not come into play for you until you get right thoroughly, through and through, body, soul, and spirit, totally surrendered to Jesus. To the Lord Jesus Christ. When God finds a man whose heart is after his heart and eternal purposes, he goes to work in preparing that man to do a work for him. Yes, but for David now. You know how many years it's going to be until he becomes the king? It'll be 12 years before David will be in God's work as a king. I see preparation 101. I'm not an educated man, but I think that is something to do with college, isn't it? 101, entry level. Is that right? Thank you. Yeah, I see preparation after David got his heart right on the altar. I surrender all. You know, somebody has said that Christians lie profusely when they sing. I hope that wasn't the case when you were singing. So I surrender all. Preparation in the lowly sheepfold of doing his father's lowly work, seeking after the heart of God. I already talked about that. David out there alone on that sheepfold. You know, there was no distraction for David. No distractions. Wow, that would have been sweet, wouldn't it? Maybe we need to all get up in the mountain and take some solitude. No, we better not get lost. <laughs> Just get, that's where David was. There was no mobiles and there was no mobile phones, and you call them cell phones and smartphones and, and all them. David is just all alone there with his God, and his heart goes deep with God. Those seven years, Saul chased David like a dog in the wilderness, learning to trust God, trust God in all his ways. God saves you with a work to do by him for him, dearly beloved young people. And I'm trying to help you see that it will not come into play. Well, it will not be clear 
You want to know God's will? How many of you want to know God's will for your life? Raise them high. Then get on that altar and surrender all. That's basically what I'm saying. Then God's will will become very clear if you're not there already. Stop fighting. God says, saves you with a work to do by him and for him. God saves you into his savings account to spend you for his glory. Let me repeat that one. God saves you into his savings account to spend you for his glory. Now, there's a one-liner of God's heart. You like one-liners, don't you? God saves you into his... I, I'm not a one-liner. I usually always am a freight-liner. <laughs> God saves you into his savings account to spend you for his honor and glory. He'll go with you as you go. That's what he's up to. Okay? Now let's go, okay. Okay, I'm sorry. Did I go too fast there? Some of you were still writing. If I'm going too fast, just slow me down. Oh, you can't see it. Okay, here we go. Yeah, it's too low. Naomi, come and kick the projector up a little bit. I guess I can do it. You got it? You may stand. You won't fall asleep that way. <laughs> Young people, dearly beloved, God saves you into his savings account. Why do you put money in your money account? Sister, why do you put money into your account? So you're going to use it to spend it for something you like. Yeah, well, maybe it's time you give it to God. <laughs> so he can spend for you. <laughs> yes, but that's the point. That's a key point, young people. Spent and be spent for his honor and glory. Okay, can we move on? All right. David is anointed in the midst of his brethren. First Samuel chapter 16, verse 13. We already went over how the, all the elder brothers of David went before the prophet Samuel. God said, not this one, not this one, not this one. Finally, all David's older brothers passed by, and Samuel said, are these all your sons, Jesse? And then all of a sudden, Jesse remembered. We already went over that, so we don't need to do it again. And so, finally, and they brought David in, chapter 16, and we're looking at verse 12. Well, let somebody stand to their feet and read loudly verse 13. A boy, quickly. 1 Samuel 16, 13. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him and said to his brother, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from the day, that day forward. So Samuel rose up and ran on the ground. Thank you, brother. I bless you in Jesus' name. So here we are. Finally, David is there, and get the picture. All David's brethren are gathered around there. There they are. And God says to Samuel, this is the man that I have found. Rise up and take a whole cow horn full of holy anointing oil and anoint him to be the next king. And what does it say happened right after that? And the Spirit. Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. Thus and yea, says the Lord. Finally, we have David 
anointed. Now, I'm not going to be trying to decipher the difference between the Spirit of the Lord coming upon David or the Spirit of the Lord being in you and such forth. I suggest to you this is a, a symbolic picture of being filled with the Holy Spirit. And everything that David did from this day forward, he did because the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of our God, His power, His grace, His goodness, His anointing was upon him. But what I want to get from this portion of scriptures, brothers and sisters, there are many brethren. There are a lot of brethren gathered around there. And but only one is qualified for the anointing. Why are the older brothers not qualified? Come on now, talk to me. They didn't have a heart after God. They didn't have a heart after God. Amen. Some, somebody else. That's, that's good. That's right. But there's something more I'm looking for. They what? It wasn't who God chose. They weren't who the God chose. Doesn't the Bible say many are called, but few are chosen? <clears throat> <laughs> Thank you. You're right. But it should have been the oldest one. Perhaps. What was wrong? You got it, sister. That's what I was looking for. Yes, you're right, brother. I didn't mean to snap you off. I'm sorry. You're right. But there's many brethren. But not all are qualified. I'm not saying, and I'm not deciphering here, spirit and fullness necessarily at this time. You're right. But there are many brethren. But only one is worthy of the calling. Now, the good news is, brothers and sisters, we can all be that one. We can all be that David if we only get on the altar. That's my point. If we only get on that altar and get a heart after God and do all of his will. The big yes. Yes, there's many brethren. David's brethren were not ungodly, dearly beloved. Uh-uh. They were not ungodly. They truly were brethren. Number two, the family of Jesse is now the third generation of a godly family. They were not godly. They were not atheists. They were not heathenistic. Jesse would never have paraded ungodly sons before the prophet Samuel. No, 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 no. Jesse's a godly father. He knows that God wants only a godly young man. There's a bigger problem with the older brethren. And the problem can also be in our churches. Amongst, right in this room. Not surrendered. Not yielded. Not broken of all of self. Brothers, young people, there are many brethren, but not all are qualified for the anointing. David's heart was very different than his brethren. We don't need to look at his heart again. You know, when I preach this out there, people say, oh, well, they were ungodly. No, they were not. It's a godly family. It's a godly home. No. Our hearts were at different places. They weren't broken. They weren't surrendered. They weren't yielded. The word of God says what they were brethren. I don't know if they were GB brethren or Mennonite brethren or what they were. I don't know what they were, but they were brethren. That's what the Bible says. Brothers and sisters, I beg of you, get your heart on that altar. Fully surrendered. Don't let it pass you by. You have such a beautiful privilege here. I'm just afraid some of you are going to miss it. I could bring you 
Young people from Nepal and India, they would love to sit where that you're sitting. They would run to the altar right now and get right if there was something in there that wasn't right. They wouldn't fight like Jacob did. Let's go on. David is anointed with a whole horn full of oil. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. God's empowerment flows out of me finding my purpose in God, finding my future in a work that God has for me. But I got to first get on that altar and fully surrender. That's the bigger yes. Yes, this was a guiding principle to be mightily used of God. David is anointed with the Spirit of God. This is a guiding principle. The anointing, dearly beloved young people, is the call. That is the call. Let's watch David. Let's watch David just for a moment. From the life of David. It's a guiding principle. You're going to find right after this, David, all of a sudden, God uses and pushes David forward into ministry, into serving beyond his father, serving others. Let's watch it. Every great thing that David did for God's glory from that day forward was because the Spirit of the Lord was upon him. Everything. We read these stories and we tend to forget the, the altar of sacrifice and the surrender. Some quick glimpses of David declaring God's wondrous works as a youth while serving others. He's out there in the, in the wilderness. A bear, a lion comes and snatches one of his father's sheep. He's serving his father, and he rescues the perishing, a perishing lamb. Well, you're probably not going to snatch any lambs out of lions and bears, but maybe you are. A lion, the sat Satan goes about like a roaring lion, deceiving, devouring many. God wants you to snatch some lambs, child training, family, children, rescue the perishing sheep, lost souls. Are you with me? David did it with the power of God for his father, his earthly father, and his heavenly father. David, a number of times, Saul was angry and wanted to kill David. Saul's wrath was, was and David with, uh, was wrath or wrathful with David and thrust the javelin at David twice, but David avoided. Power of the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, protected him. Yes, we all know this one, but I want you to note something. David was very jealous for God's glory. David wasn't trying to make a name for himself. All the earth may know that there's a God in Israel. The battle is the Lord's. David was jealous for God's glory. Am I jealous for God's glory? All the earth is going to know by God's power, God's spirit. Yes, Saul was afraid of David because he knew the Lord was with him. And he demoted him, but David behaved himself wisely in all of his ways. And it says in 1 Samuel 18, 13, I wish we had time to go through this, but we don't. And the Lord was with him. How did David behave himself wisely? How did he do it? Come on now. The Lord, he brought the presence of the Lord everywhere he went. And the Lord flowed through him like a channel of life wisely the Lord was with him yes let's go on yes the anointing is the calling brothers and sisters 
Oh, to be filled with the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Paul said in Ephesians 5.18, Be not drunk with wine where it is excess, but be filled with the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Emphasis added. Let's go on. David's youthful possession. We get into, we have the story here, but I'm not going to, I don't have time. Uh, we have the story how that uh, the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. It tells us right after David, bittersweet verses here. Verse 14 now, 1 Samuel 16. Samuel rose up and went to Ramah, but the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. Sad day. And an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. And I know you're going to ask what that all means, but we're going to let that go. Because I get asked that all the time. That could be some discussion sometime, but not now. And so Saul's servants were very burdened about their master having an evil spirit from the Lord, says the Bible. And so they started talking amongst themselves, how could we find a man to that could bring some comfort to Saul, who's troubled deeply. And there's one of the servants said in verse 18, verse 18, then first they went to Saul and gave some ideas, and then uh, they told Saul, and here we have David's testimony. In a one sentence, David's testimony before Saul's servants. But I want verse 18. Then answered one of the servants and said, Behold, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, that is cunning in playing and a mighty valiant man, a man of war, a prudent in matters, a comely person, and the Lord is with him. Catch me now, brothers and sisters. What's the most important part in that testimony? The Lord is with him. Aha, he's anointed. He brought the presence of the Lord wherever he went. Do you? And everybody knows it. Saul's servants know it. Saul knows it when he gets into his presence. Everybody knows it. There's no questions. Young people, have you surrendered enough that all the questionable things in your life have been surrendered and ousted? Your heaven and life is clear. Heaven open, heaven over your life. You are an image of the Lord Jesus Christ. When people see you, they see Christ. When people see you, they hear Christ. We're no more, any, not a one of us, brothers and sisters, is any more Christian than you are Christ-like. Amen? In character and in holiness and separation from the world and purity. None of us is any more Christian than we're Christ-like. This is, David's an image of type, is a likeness of Christ in the Old Testament. Here they are. David's tes testimony in a sentence. He's a cunning player, mighty valiant man, a man of war, prudent in matters, comely person. The Lord is with him. That's the most important part. Jesus would say from time to time, the last shall be first and the first shall be last. And here's a classic example. The last part should have been first. The Lord is with him. That's what made him who he is. Amen. Young people, what's your, what's your testimony in one sentence? When your name comes up when you're not there, when you're not there, and the young men are talking about you, you're not there, and all of a sudden your name comes up. What follows it? <clears throat> Oh, I know him. He's got a cool truck. Really? That's not how it was with David. The Lord is with him. Everybody knew it. Was that all right, young men? You didn't walk out yet. Sisters, when your name comes up, what follows? 
your testimony in a sentence. Oh, I know her. <laughs> She's hilarious. <laughs> you don't have that problem, do you? Well, I don't know. I know her. She makes the best apple pie. Yeah. <laughs> Jealous over your testimony. I know him. David. He's a cunning heart player. He worships the Lord with his music. He's a mighty value. He's a strong man. He's a man of war. It says it another place. He's calmly. He's humble. He's lowly. But the Lord is with him. Be jealous over your one-sentence testimony. Yes, it's not about what you profess. It's what you possess. David had it. Tremendous possession. He had a living relationship with a living God. God was real in David's life. Let's go on. David's po possessed a living reality with a living God. And everybody knew it. Everybody knew it. He's different than all the brethren, all the other brethren. Very different. At 17 to 19 years of age. That's where you're at. Wow. Is my time up? I just, okay. I hope not. 15, that's what I thought my watch said. David's youthful praise and purity. Let's just follow David for a moment here uh, in 1 Samuel chapter 16, young people. There's yet more. And I'm just following the biblical record right from the flow. Even if the brothers administration of this Bible school would not have asked me to preach and teach something on music. This is right where I went. They wouldn't know how to tell me because when I do youth conferences, this is my favorite. I've seen God use this teaching mightily in many countries, including America. And so I'd have went here anyhow, even though they did put on your schedule music and media. But I'm separating the two. Today it's music. Maybe tomorrow night it'll be media. I want to take that one out of Joseph. The music out of David and the media out of Joseph. But here we go. David's youthful praise and purity. Let's just follow the biblical record here in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 16. So, and Saul said, verse 17, unto his servant, provide me now this man that can play well and bring him to me. And so then the servants discuss what we already read in verse 18. And the Lord is with him. Wherefore, now follow carefully, dearly beloved young people. Here's another mark of the anointing of the spirit of the living God. Wherefore, Saul sent messengers, follow me in your scriptures, unto David and send me David, which is with the harp, with the sheep. Is that what it says? I can't hear you. No, thank you. What does it say? Saul went to who? Jesse. Who's Jesse? Aha. Thank you. You're right. I want to make sure you're with me. God uses human authority to guide you into what God has for you going forward. David was a real faith. It's a real revelation again and again you'll find David getting pushed forward by God through 
Jesse. And where is David at this time? It's a sheep. What? Anointed to be the king? And after he was anointed to be the king, he went back to the sheep? How do you think he got there? Papa said, son, the anointing is over. You're going to be the next king, but not now. Not now. Saul is the king. Son, back to the sheep. How would you like that? We have no record of any resistance. God always uses human authority to push you forward. I have a whole lesson on that, and time will not allow. Again and again, you'll find David being pushed forward by God through Papa, your human authority, your father's, your elders of the church. By the way, yesterday, how did we know God's calling? Number one, inner spirit through the word of God. Number two was the word of God. Okay, by the inner spirit, the word of God, number two, and number three was our human authority. Our church called us and sent us. Young people, you want, when you're anointed, getting under human authority cheerfully. That's God's way. That's God's way. That's how David got called into the ministry to do a work for God. Yes, 1 Samuel, let's just read all. Yes, wherefore Saul sent messengers unto Jesse. Let me read it correctly. Sorry. Wherefore Saul sent messengers unto Jesse and said, Send me David thy son, which is with the sheep. And Jesse, David's father, took an oxen laden with bread and a bottle of wine and kid and sent them by David his son unto Saul. I can just imagine this little meeting out there in the sheepfold. Here comes Papa Jesse, son, we have, I have a work for you to do. Son, pack your bag and, oh, son, uh, here's a little cheese and what does it all say? It says a little cheese and uh, a bottle of water, no, wine, bread. An ass with bread, a bottle of wine, a kid sent them by David, his son, unto Saul. And, but don't forget your harp. Don't forget your harp, David. And so David comes into the presence of Saul. Yes. So David is now standing before Saul. Saul has an evil spirit upon him. He's deeply troubled. Saul brings his possession. David brings his possession. The Lord is with him into that room where Saul has an evil spirit. Now, here we go. Let's read it. And David came to Saul and stood before him, and he loved him greatly. Now, get the picture here, young people. Saul is the rejected king, and David is the anointed future king. Is there any tension here? I'm sorry? Not at this time. Now at this time, no, it says Saul loved him. There was no threat at this time. And so David gets out his, his uh, harp and he, and he became his armor bear. And yes, and, and Saul sent, and David, I pray thee, stand before me. And it came to pass, verse 23, the evil spirit from God was upon Saul that David took a harp. And he played with his hand, and Saul was refreshed and was well, and the evil spirit departed from him. Young people, listen carefully. 
Here David is standing before Saul. Saul has an evil spirit upon himself. And when David plays his harp, when he brings his worshipful heart, his surrendered harp, he brings that music into the presence of Saul. There's evil spirits in that room. There's evil spirits among on Saul. And David brings the presence of the Lord in there. And David opens his mouth and his heart. And David begins to worship the Lord with a heart of sacrifice, a heart of surrender. And the Lord just presence in there flows through him with grace and power and anointing in the presence of the Lord is there and David begins to worship in the power of God is there hallelujah and all of a sudden them old demons gotta pack their bags and get out of there they can't stand in the presence of David wow that's awesome isn't it if that doesn't light your fire you're wet. You're, you're wet. It's really woody. <laughs> Young people, music. Let me quickly hasten to say there's far more here by far than just the music. David came into that room with the power of God, the anointing of God. And then devils had to pack their bags. They had to flee. Psalm 22, verse 3, For thou art holy, O thou that inhabits the praise of Israel. I'm going to go fast. Yes, David just brought into that room the presence of the Lord and that which he had done ever before out there on the hillside. He worshipped his God, and God just showed up and did a work, and he ministered. Saul was set free. Saul was delivered. But it was the music. The first picture we have of David in ministry in showing God's might and strength when he was a youth was through his music. Music is when David came into that room with the anointing of the Holy Ghost, evil spirits had to flee. Young people, your music is an expression of where you are at with God. Let me listen to your music. Give me your iPhone. Give me your headphones. and Let me listen to your music. It's a revelation of what's in your heart. It's a revelation of what's in your heart and who you are. Now, I have really enjoyed your worshipful music, and I bless you for that. But I'm not talking about here at Bible school. I'm talking about before you here music Jesus said out of the abundance of the heart your iPhone plays what's <clears throat> I misinterpreted that didn't I but you got the point it's out of the abundance of your heart your mouth speaks out of the abundance of the heart your music plays what's in there will reveal itself through your music if it's surrendered to God and the anointing of God is upon your life. It'll be worshipful. And it'll be full of grace and spirit and power and truth. Anointing drives out demons. Say, by the way, what about your music? Could you take your music in there in the presence of Saul? I hope you could. Would it do the same thing? 
Would it do the same thing? I got more. Three minutes. When you have an anointing upon your life, even your music will have a ministry. Show God's power and strength and might like David's. Let's look inward. If you're not sure what's godly and what isn't, I know there's some brethren here that would be delighted to listen to your music. But you want to be sure and you're not sure. I'm not a scholar on music. You've got men among you that are. I just, I, the, the, how the, the rhythm ministers to the flesh and the, the words, the spirit and all that, and I don't even know all about that. I, I've heard it, but it's not for me to teach. I'm just going to be very to the point. Let's learn from David. We know that, yes, your music will either draw you near to God or it will draw you away from God, young people. David's music and praise was very important in David's life. It's what God used to move David forward for his eternal purposes in David's life to minister to others in Saul. As the eyes of the Lord went to and fro across the whole earth, that day, in the days of David, not only did God see David's heart, but God heard David's worshipful praise and music that brought God honor and glory. He heard it and said, this man I can use to do a work for me. Yes, I've found a man after my own heart, God said. What about your music? Yes. What about this... Uh, Speedy, twangy, contemporary, so-called Christian music of today. Brethren, I, do you preach against that stuff? What about it? What about it, young people? I know my young people. When I say my young people, I'm talking from my church young people. I know they're listening to that stuff. Let's just think about that for a while. What about the gospel rock and uh, the gospel rap and uh, the gospel reggae and all that rap stuff of today? I hope you're not listening to that stuff, and I think, I think you're not, but I don't know. Yes, all that stuff that has some Christian words added to it, but the beat and all that stuff that goes, what did I tell you, brothers and sisters? Our music will either draw us near to God or it'll, even if you're listening to that kind of stuff, I promise you it's going to drain the life of God right out of you that you may have. And it'll even perhaps call up demons instead of driving them out. It'll raise them up. Listen up, young people. This is huge. Let's say yes to godly music and praise and worship like David did. Just take the challenge with your music. Take it. I see some of the older people are sitting back there that's a good GB man, amen. <laughs> it's also a good Mennonite one. <laughs> I hope you don't mind me picking on you, brethren. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> yes, yes. Listen, dearly beloved. This is big. Use Colossians 3.16. Let's stop cursing the darkness. Let's light a candle. Real quickly, Colossians 3.16. Here's what your music ought to be like. Yes, your praise and your worship. Colossians 3.16. Let the word of Christ dwell richly. Richly, full, 
anointed richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace and melody in your hearts, singing with grace and melody as you have been. Hallelujah. And I love it. Keep it up. Keep it up. A cappella, beautiful singing that brings honor and glory. It's God. brings a sweet-smelling savor unto God. True worship. Yes, I really believe that that kind of music will drive out demons. Amen. Just as David's did. Here's another one. Ephesians chapter 5, 18. Listen to this one. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. The very next verse, evidence of being filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things. What a beautiful evidence of being filled with the Spirit. Brothers and sisters, let's learn from David's example of godly music. David was anointed. Ephesians 5, 18 and 19 says exactly the same thing. Anointed to affect your music from your heart. You see, brothers and sisters, you simply cannot feed the flesh and grow in the spirit of Christ at the same time. You simply can't. And if the music feeds the flesh, you see a monkey up there. The story is told, and I've told it many times. Whoa. I didn't see the five-minute thing. Uh, can I finish quickly? Okay. Brother Joe says, I don't know what that means. It's going like this. I think it means go out the door. <laughs> we love you young people. <laughs> Story is told of a, a man that had a pet monkey. He was the cutest little thing. He seemed so harmless and uh, so no problem. Had him on his back, but every once in a while that old monkey would say, here, he, a banana, please. And he fed them, him a banana and another banana and another banana. What's happening to the monkey? He's growing. Yes, you simply cannot feed the flesh and grow in the spirit of Christ. You feed the flesh. Listen to what Galatians 6, 7, and 8 say. But we want to feed the spirit and let it grow through our music and our worship. Galatians 6, 7, and 8. I'm sorry. Yeah, Galatians 6, verse 7, 8. Someone read. Stand quickly and read it, please. I'm almost finished. Yes. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal Thank you, sister. God bless you. Whatever you feed, if you're feeding the flesh with your music, it's going to grow. And after a bit, it's, you're going to say, enough, enough. But then guess what? Might be like that monkey. Deceive you, control you. Let's search our hearts on our music. Yes. Worship is no longer worship when it reflects the culture all around us more than the Christ within us. And I know you don't have that problem. But wherever I go, this is huge. I've heard pastors say in Nepal, if we do what you are teaching, and I teach this, if you do what, very elementary, but if we do what you are teaching, the youth won't come to church anymore. They'll be gone. Sad day. Sad day. Their music, and I'm, I trust this isn't our problem. Let's not go that way. 
Yes, let's learn from David's music. Listen to me, young people. The enemy of your soul knows the power of music. And he has caused lethargic apostates, so-called Christians, to Christianize most everything. We have Christian rock. We have Christian rap. We have Christian contemporary. We All this Christian entertainers, supposedly, and stage stars that are trying to make another cut, another record to get on the charts. And just about now, we have Christian bars, Christian beer, and uh, Christian pornography is just around the corner. Let's wake up. Let's wake up, young people. This is the old devil. He's coming as an angel of light, and droves of young people are deceived. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name for these dear young people. Lord, speak to their hearts, to guard their hearts carefully. May they learn from David that their music, Lord, would be God-honoring, would be truly worshipful, that their music, Lord, would rise up as a sweet-smelling savor of sacrifice, of worship unto you, and you would be pleased. And, Lord, you could continue to put your hand upon them and use them, Lord, even in their music, with a clean heart, a pure heart, a surrendered heart. You could flow through them with grace and power and anointing. And, Lord, use them to bring deliverance and victory, even through music, to their own people today and those that are lost all around them, Lord, that they can be a witness for Jesus Christ with their holy lives and their separate from the world and sin lives and be a witness of Jesus Christ for his honor and for his glory. Lord, anoint these dear young people for your eternal purposes. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.